text for this evening is from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. This is the text. Good Friday, the day we remember the death of our Lord, and remembering is the best we can do, for we truly cannot understand the suffering of our Lord. Jesus' words on the cross give us a glimpse of his agony. Most people in reading the scriptures think that Jesus is quoting the psalmist David, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But even though David wrote these words down a thousand years before Jesus Christ was crucified, these words of the psalm are not Jesus quoting David, but David quoting Jesus. His soul and body racked with agony captured in Psalm 22 are the very words and thoughts of our Lord as He hung on the cross. Our Lord's suffering starts before the cross. It is in the garden that the sins of the world, the weight of the trespasses of all mankind from all time and all ages is laid upon the Son of God. It is in the garden that the depths of Jesus' humiliation reaches such a state that He says, My soul is very sorrowful, even unto death. Christ is so sad and in such anguish that he could die by sorrow and anguish. Our Lord is in such anguish that he begins sweating drops of blood as he begins to struggle with sin and death. Here in the garden, the true humanity of Christ is revealed and Christ begins to feel the weight of sin and death. And the devil sets his teeth into the innocent Lamb of God, and our Savior begs His Father, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. It is in the garden that the very Son of God should shiver and shake and sweat blood and beg His Father for relief like a poor condemned sinner and feel the very depths of God's wrath and judgment against sin. It is in the garden that Christ his tender and innocent heart begin to taste the eternal death and damnation that we deserve. In short, in the garden, he begins to suffer everything that a condemned sinner deserves and should eternally suffer. How can that be? How can Jesus, who is true God, suffer so? I don't know how, but I do know why. For you, dear friends. For you. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is asking the Father, why do you not remember me? This is the deepest part of Jesus' humiliation, that he is depriving himself of the power and comfort that is due him in unity with his Father, and his Father is allowing it. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Between the garden of Gethsemane and those words on the cross, the Father pours the sin of all mankind, all the brokenness of the world, and all of his wrath into his Son, who bears them alone. Isaiah tells us, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. And why? For you. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
This prayer of bewilderment as the father has turned his back on his son. And the son must suffer alone. The one who gave his back to those who strike him and his cheeks to those who pull out his beard, who hid not his face from disgrace or spitting. Now the father turns his back on him. And why? Well, the Lord asks the very same question in agonized bewilderment. Why? Why? Jesus says in the psalm, Oh my God, I cry to you by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. There has been no relief for Jesus from the point the angel left him in the garden. He is chained. He is beaten. He is spit upon. He is mocked. He is whipped. He is crowned with thorns. He is made a display of. He is made to carry his own cross. He is nailed down and lifted up for all to see. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus, confused and forsaken, still does not sin. He gives glory to his Father, saying, Yet, Father, you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried, and they were rescued. In you they trusted, and they were not put to shame. But in these moments, the Son was forsaken by the Father. And so Jesus says, You were faithful even to Israel and delivered them. But I am a worm and not a man. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus is asking the question, and it is not rhetorical. He wants to know why is he forsaken. In the midst of his suffering, he wants to know why. There is no comfort for Jesus on the cross, not even the thought that all suffering has a reason. Even this is taken from Jesus, and why? For you. It is on the cross we see the bodily suffering of Jesus. He says in the psalm, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Jesus is nailed naked to the cross. There they divide his garments by casting lots. When Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing God did was shed the blood of one of his creatures to make skins to cover them and to comfort them. But now Jesus is laid bare with the sin of the whole world laid upon him without cover of clothes or comfort of the Father. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why do you not remember your own son? The prayer of agony is the fourth thing that Jesus says from the cross. And it comes at the end of three hours of darkness in which Jesus is suffering death and hell and the wrath of God for our sins. Jesus has suffered the whip and the nail, the mockery of men and the rejection of his father. And then, and then, in the psalm, comes these words of hope. Verse 21, Jesus says, For you have heard me. Sometime between Jesus' cry of desperation, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And his last few words on the cross, 
I thirst, showing that all that is left for Jesus is physical suffering. And Jesus' words, it is finished, for the wrath of God is appeased, and the Father has heard His Son, and salvation is won. And then at the end, Jesus' words, Father, into Your hands I commit my spirit. As the Son once again knows the love of His Father, and the Son is remembered once more. In the midst of all of this comes this exchange between Jesus and the criminals crucified beside Him. One of the criminals who were hanged with Him railed at Him saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked Him saying, Do you not fear God? since we are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. While the weight of all sin and death, and the wrath of God is borne by Jesus. While Christ is forgotten and forsaken, Jesus is asked by this damnable, despicable criminal to be remembered by Him. This criminal who has no way out, nothing to offer, and is not getting down, turns to our Lord who is stricken, smitten, and afflicted, forgotten and forsaken, and asks to be remembered in Christ's kingdom. Remember me, he says. And Jesus promises, today, you will be with me in paradise. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was forsaken for the criminal beside him, for both actually, for those who denied him, for those who bound him, for those who put the whip to his back. He was forsaken for those who mocked him and spit on him and divided his clothes. He was forsaken for those who drove in the nails. Jesus was forsaken for the idolater and the blasphemer and the heathen and for the defiant. He was forsaken for the murderer and the adulterer and the thief and the gossiper and the coveter. Jesus was forsaken for the sinner, for me, for you. Dear friends, remember, Easter is coming. Thanks be to God. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.